In the name of the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What kind of soil are you? This may seem like an odd question, but it does seem to be the question of the day as we listen to this very famous parable of Jesus called the parable of the sower. Back in my own hometown in Newport, Rhode Island, there is a very famous window produced by the stained glass studio of John Lafarge and it is the chancel window. It's a round asp chancel window above the altar at Channing Memorial Church. The church is named after William Ellery Channing, a well-known 19th century Unitarian preacher. There are a number of stained glass windows of this parable of the sower around the country, quite a few famous ones. And the one at Channing Memorial comes to mind whenever I hear this passage because as a young kid, our Sunday school class from Holy Cross Episcopal toured the church just to see the window. It depicts the parable, a young boy holding a wicker basket, spreading seed out on the ground. We were told in this tour that Channing himself fought arduously with the Calvinists of his day because he supported the position, heretical to them, that, the revela that a revelation of God could be received through human reason, not merely from the text on the page of the scripture. And the window, we were told, of the young boy scattering seed in the church named for Channing is a symbol of him spreading new ideas out into the world. So, we often understand this passage as such, a parable about a sower. After all, that's what Jesus calls it. Yet, as has been observed by many a preacher, it really is better titled a parable of the soils because the focus ends up being not so much on the seed spread, but on the soil upon which it lands. Hear then the parable of the sower, said Jesus. He calls it such. But then we see it goes on to emphasize the soil. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. That's what's sown on the path. As for what's sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but has no root. It only endures for a little while, and when trouble and persecution arises, they flee. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the wealth of the world choke it and it yields nothing. But as for what's sown on good soil, 
This is the one who hears the word and understands it, where it bears fruit and yields in one case an hundredfold, and in another sixty, and in another thirty. The numbers here mean an infinite amount, multiples. Now, I'm not much of a gardener. I enjoy being outside. I find some level of enjoyment working in the yard, seeing green and growing things come to life at something I might do. But I'm really not that great at it. Things that I touch often die. If anything grows to an enjoyable maturity at my home, it's because of my wife's hand, not mine. Indeed, she has gotten together a new garden for us this year where there's all types of green and growing things going on. Lots of basil and therefore pesto. Parsley, cilantro, thyme, tomatoes, beans, squash, and a few other things. Those, along with the new chickens at our house, is turning it into an urban farm. Yet again, it's not at my hand, but at her hand. And here's the thing that's obvious to me about all of this. It all takes a lot of work. That's my greatest observation about the garden. It takes time. It takes work. And it takes a willingness to get a little dirty. There's so much here in this parable of the sower and I would say soils. In one sense, it's a commentary on humanity and the journey of faith. We are, after all, a people who live side by side with evil, evil who is capable of wreaking havoc with the faith that has been sown in our hearts. We are a people who can be quick to absorb and enjoy that which feels good about God, but flee when trouble arises and when the going gets tough. We are a people who are capable of hearing how the grace and love of God is present and how we are called to count others better than ourselves, how the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But when these values are challenged by the comforts of our lives, our wealth, we can easily give it up to protect our easy ways. And we are a people who are capable of hearing this good news of God and understanding how to put our hand to the plow, so to say, and being part of what makes this kingdom look more like the next. But in the end, it seems that this parable of the soils comes down to one simple truth. It takes some work. 
The passage is not so much about making sure you spread the seed on the good soil. Rather, I think it's more about the calling to prepare the soil. The point being that in order to live out a faith that produces for this kingdom fruits that yield in one case and hundredfold and in another multiples of 60 and 30, you have to be willing to get your hands a little dirty. The post-communion prayer in the Book of Common Prayer, our own Book of Common Prayer, for the traditional language service, our right one service, contains a line that reads this way. O Heavenly Father, you assist us with your grace that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in. So here's the thing. God has already prepared a garden for us to till and to dig in. The seeds of justice and righteousness and love that are in desperate need to be sown on good soil and good land that they may germinate and come to flower are ready to be sown. Get your hands dirty. Amen.